and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to review game week 10, not a game week that has gone particularly well so far for Andy and I. Uh, my name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined as ever by the James Ward Prowse free kick to my Chris Hopkins free kick. It's Andy Case. Andy, how are you doing on, on game week 10? Yeah, fine. Yep, like you say, not necessarily the best game week ever. Um, I don't think many people will have had a, a particularly great game week, as we're going to get into here. Um, there's a, a lot of blanks going around for some big players, but um, yeah, some entertaining football. And I actually found myself jump off the sofa probably for the first time watching Man United this season. So that was a, a, a small moment of glee. An exciting Sunday afternoon indeed. Um, just for the listener, having experienced a few of my free kicks when we used to play five aside. would you like to run down run them through i mean i probably didn't take very many but i guess with with just a sort of one yard um sort of you know you only have to get back a get back a pace basically we just didn't we just used to hump it at people's at people's shins essentially there wasn't well i mean yeah we haven't played 11 aside competitively chris so these three kicks we're talking about were on a six aside pitch weren't they and it i mean it wasn't the so i can't really i can't really kind of judge them uh to a James Wall Prowse level, I suppose it is very different. But I mean, let's just say I think you know you weren't necessarily the most. Um, your your we've said this before. I think your you'd have under delivered on your xG quite significantly if you were if you were being tracked by Opta. Let's put it like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do you know what? I'd actually really like to be tracked by Opta. I think that would have been quite entertaining when when back back when we did play five aside. I think I think when I when I, whenever I did play. 11 aside, my, my free kick technique was, um, do you remember Alex at, at Chelsea, that, that, that Brazilian centre-back that used, used to thwack it from 40 yards? It was, I mean, not from 40 yards, but but yeah, just hit it as hard as I can, really, was the, you know, that that was the general idea. Never used to go really anywhere near, anywhere near the goal, but um, but never mind, you know, God loves a trier, and, uh, and, and, and try I did. Um on our Game Week 10 review show, as always on our review shows, we will run down our players on the radar, seeing how they got on. We'll have a look at a top differential and a high-end player that blanked in the segment we like to call Blankety Blank. Uh, we will review our stats versus eye test that didn't go too badly this week and have a look at how our captaincy selections did before we have a look forward to Game Week 11. So let's start with with a player that's perhaps most fresh in our minds, having uh, having just um, the Fulham Leicester game just finishing. Jamie Vardy hashtag always target Fulham, um, but Fulham didn't really read that script, did they, Andy? No, they didn't. They uh, or or maybe we gave them the motivation to. Maybe what actually happened was that they printed off our quotes from us from the podcast cast including the hashtag always target Fulham and stuck it up on the dressing room on in their uh, COVID secure dressing room and uh, you use that as as the as the um, you know red rag to a bull to, to motivate them to this performance that they've just had they've actually won and not only have they won they've won away at Leicester who've done a pretty decent season so yeah not the performance not the game not the result we were expecting at least we did get somewhat of a return from Jamie Vardy um so kind of I would say probably still worthwhile having in your team if you brought him in because especially when you're looking ahead to these fixtures coming for going forward a little bit of a concern about Le- Leicester's performances over the last couple of games um 
you know, I'm hoping that that's, I'm not confident, but I'm hoping that's more of a dip than a trend. Um, so we, we will see, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably one of those Jamie Vardy where, whether I, I doubt he's on the radar anymore, but I don't know whether that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably not a bad thing because he's you've probably if you've made the decision to have him in your team and you haven't put him in for this Fulham game, then kind of what are you doing at this point? It's um, you, you, he's likely to be in your team already if you, if you've been thinking about him. So I don't imagine you'd necessarily look to get him in going forward now. But the next three fixtures are kind of looking okay for him, so he might even still well be worth thinking about. Um, but pro- but probably a little bit more in a pool of other candidates rather than sticking out quite so much as he did before this game week. Yeah, he's a, well, I guess Leicester seems to be a weird case, a bit like Villa this year, where they're performing well against the better sides and and are struggling perhaps against some of of the weaker ones. And and then I guess that does bring into question these supposedly nice runs of fixtures um, and whether whether these players are going to end up, um, you know, hauling in the way that we'd kind of expect them to and but I guess Jamie Vardy generally speaking has, has always been a pretty surefire fantasy asset um you wouldn't expect him to to keep blanking I guess um so so yeah but like you say he's probably either in people's teams now or or, or, or if he isn't you're probably not gonna not gonna start thinking about him so he's probably a guy that that can probably come off our radar did obviously return uh, this week but um not not quite what what we were after in 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 always target Fulham. Interesting hypothesis that you think that that's that might be what spurred them on. Um, let's let's move on. Let's have a quick chat about uh, Cancelo, Man City again. This was a guy, to be fair, that we were not sure whether to put on the radar, um, but I think some of some of some of the underlying numbers and some of the stats sort of convinced us too. And then uh, Pep went and benched him. Um, I think you know we've mentioned Pep Roulette. Pep Roulette is not a is not an unknown phenomenon to to all FPL managers, but this is one that we didn't really foresee coming. No, I mean I suppose maybe we were just stupid. We were, we were naive, Chris. You know we we he we he he gained our trust again, and we went back there and we paid for it uh, because you should always be careful of the Pep Roulette, and we we took our eye off the ball for a minute there. He um. I think was it the last five games, or at least the last four, maybe the last five games that Cancelo had started. Um, so we 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 were fairly sort of confident because he had also he didn't start in the Champions League in week. I think Mendy started that game as well. So that just gave us even more evidence. We thought that it would be another Premier League start here for for Cancelo, and uh, it didn't happen. Which which given all the underlying numbers that we spoke about in the preview show, how great he'd been on the eye as well. He'd looked really good going forward was quite a surprise and obviously massively unfortunate. If you've invested 5.5 million in a defender like that to see him on the bench, uh, pretty gutting, but I think maybe a lesson to us because obviously Cancelo wasn't the only high profile benching for city in this game. Uh, obviously, uh, Raheem Sterling also benched. And so I think a lesson probably there for um, a lot of uh, fantasy managers about that the, the Pep Roulette is still strong. And we really do have to question, not only because of City's performances this season, but because of how every player pretty much seems like a rotation risk, wh- whether it's worth any City assets. Yeah, I think I feel like we were perhaps lulled into a bit of a false sense of security at the start of the season. I think that we felt that injuries meant that Pep Roulette was just... Um, just less likely at the end of the day, and 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 the players seem to be fit again now, 
Um, so, 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 you know, there is there is far more opportunity for for him to rotate. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, let's have a quick chat about some city city assets. Um, you know, which ones can we rely on? I mean, I know we're going to focus a little bit on on, on Mares later, um, but obviously, you know, returned massively in in this game. Foden got a return off the bench and is probably one of the cheaper attackers. KDB is very expensive, looked better and, and did return. Um, but you know, realistically, can we trust any of them at all? It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, certainly now for me, Cancelo is, is pretty much off the radar straight away with that because I don't feel like now I can trust him. And, and at that price, if you're going to pay 5.5 million for a defender, you have to be knowing that he's pretty much nailed on to start most games, for me at least. Um, so it's kind of off my radar. The ones you've just mentioned there, I mean, it was a massive surprise for me, Sterling, um, that it, not just the fact that he was benched, but the kind of comments that have come out in the media from Pep Guardiola afterwards that are being kind of interpreted by City reporters as a bit of a dig at Sterling, perhaps, um, where he said something along the lines of, doesn't matter what your reputation is, um, doesn't matter what you've done in the past, everyone has to prove their um worth and if you've not been like scoring or performing well recently then you're not going to be in the team and, and like I say City reporters seeing that as a dig at Sterling and his lack of kind of contributions going forward this season so that was quite a surprise and quite a ruthless you're not usually public with his ruthlessness is, is Pep so that that was interesting and it would suggest you can't even necessarily suggest um, trust Sterling um, yeah Foden Looks like he's going to be more one of the more rotated ones. So um, there, there would be questions about whether you'd have trusted him anyway. But the thing going in his favour, as you've pointed out before, is, is his price. So I'd be less worried about rotation with someone around that kind of six to seven million price in a City team. Because if he plays half the minutes in the Premier League at that price, he'll probably get good returns. So maybe he's one you could consider, but you'll have to kind of keep an eye on going forward. Um yeah, we'll talk about Mar- about Mares later, but KDB would maybe be one if I was convinced he was in his in his kind of top form this season, which I don't think he necessarily is right now. Um, obviously, he did get a couple of assists in this game, and so I can see why people would. Uh, I mean, I, I know a fair few people. I think he was one of the most transferred in this week. He did get quite a few people bringing him in before, ahead of this good run that City have got going forward. So I can understand why he might be someone we think about. And if, if money wasn't an object, if we were just looking at it as who was the most reliable, I'd kind of instinctively go towards him. But with, at his price point, again, this season, and with the kind of volatility he's shown in his performances, I'm not quite sure whether I can quite bring myself to, to, to pay the almost 12 million it is now to kind of get him in. You know, last season when you were looking at like 9, 10 million, it was it was a different story. It was a no-brainer. Like he, you had to have him in for the points he brought for that money. But now, given he has blanked a few times this season, I'm I'm a little bit more uncertain. Yeah, maybe this is one that we can park for, for the Game Week 11 preview show. But, you know, the next three, Fulham, Man United, West Brom, Fulham and West Brom at home, United away, obviously leaky defence. So, yeah, I have a feeling that we might be talking, uh, talking about Man City players potentially even on even on our radar going forward but um but yeah but perhaps one that we can park for now let's round off then uh, our, our player our players on the radar by by, by chat, chatting through the sort of three Chelsea defenders that we spoke about Reese James Ben Chilwell and, and Kurt Zuma um again we, we, I think we're going to focus on 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 these a little bit more 
later on the pod. Um, but clean sheet, obviously, for Chelsea this weekend means a clean sheet for all three. And um, I guess that that kind of justifies us towards thinking about, you know, if you were to pick one, you'd probably go for the cheaper one. Um, but we've got some more stats to back that up that, that will come up later. Yeah, I think we were saying here, a Chelsea defender. So without getting too much into that stat side of things, because we will talk about that later, like you say, um, I think it just shows here that Chelsea are pretty reliable. I mean, Tottenham, to be fair, did a classic Mourinho and didn't necessarily show like they have much appetite for going forward. But we're starting to see some consistency from Chelsea defenders now. So I can see why you might want Chilwell or one of the others in your team, depending on the structure of like the money you've got available to invest in someone. But um, obviously the cheapest route into that back four is, is Reese James and you're still going to get the same points for a clean sheet from him there. So um, yeah, a Chelsea defender was kind of what we were saying. And, and we both sort of said, if it was going to be one, it'd probably be Reese James. So clean sheet there and, and um, some consistency being shown. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's crack on then. And let's talk, uh, let's do blankly blank this week. I think we might have mixed it up last week and, and did top differential first. Uh, so let's do blankly blank. Um, yeah, there are there were quite a few uh, high-owned players that did blank this week. Um, but as always in this section, we focus on one of them. Um, and we're going to go with Patrick Bamford, Andy. This perhaps isn't, uh, isn't just reflective of his most recent game. Uh, perhaps something that you know that, that, that definitely is 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 a, is a trend that we've noticed over the last two. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a player that we've spoken about a lot on this pod. One a guy that we don't really trust because of what we saw from him in the championship. Um, you know, scores goals, but 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 no, you know, always underperforms his xG. Um, and we're starting to see that again in the Premier League, a return of Skybet Paddy. Well, yeah, I mean. He, I think um, we, people could listen to what we're about to say here, right? And think we're maybe relishing in, in it a bit. And we've been kind of just waiting for the first opportunity to smack him in this seg- segment. But I am, that... I, I have been. In fairness, I, lo- I, I like him as a player. I just don't think he's that great. And it irks me a little bit knowing that and or I say knowing that like it's fact feeling as strongly as I do about it and then he goes and whacks in a few Premier League goals and and everyone's getting him in their fantasy team it annoys me but only annoys me because I'm stubborn about it so I follow a guy on Twitter who um who loves his xg and he it really annoys me because he sort of said he's been someone who's been saying you know it's worth getting Bamford in and over the weekend he slighted against my beloved Mason Greenwood saying ho ho who could have who could have known that uh Greenwood wasn't going to continue scoring with every other shot he had oh look you know regressing to the mean xg i love stats but um with Bamford he seems to kind of let that one go for some reason it's like mate just use your eyes for a second and look at the data over someone who says they look at xg look at the data over a longer period of time you know Mason Greenwood missing a couple of good chances this one weekend is not characteristic of what you've seen from him in all his other performances he's a he's a very good finisher usually finishing chances which are much harder particularly as well whereas Bamford here like you say we've got that information over a long period of time and um it isn't like we're yeah sort of relishing in in it or anything here it's just we we were sort of making the point I think there's still there's still an argument at his price for the 
Um, the fact that he's delivering pretty much on his XG now, if he's, you know, even if he's someone which we think does, we've, well, and we know for a fact does usually underperform on his XG over the course of a season, doesn't score as many goals as he should do for the decent chances he gets. But if you're getting 10 decent chances um, every few, you know, say two or three decent chances a week, which seems to be happening, and you, and you only need to be a below average striker to, in the Premier League to score one out of those two or three each week. So you will still rack up some points. And then therefore, there's an argument at his price that he's a worthwhile fantasy asset to have. But when we're looking at, you know, we've got a list of and we'll go through some honourable mentions. We've got some big name strikers in this list and it's more of a blip for some of them. Whereas if we have to give out an award here, which is like blankety blank, and you've got over the last two game weeks... Um, Patrick Bamford has had 1.7 xG and scored no goals. You know he's had some two, or, well, three or four what you'd consider big chances um, in, in, over the last two games and and not scored any of them. And that is the kind of classic definition of of something uh, a red flag really, and why we would be giving this this award to someone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think we actually said you know. Yes, obviously he blanked this this week. Two two points. He's owned by thirty five percent. So you know, over a third of all FPL managers. I'm guessing as well that a lot of them aren't zombie teams. You know, a lot of people that are active will have moved to him when he started scoring. Um. So so, so yeah, you know, and you know, like you say, I don't think we are relishing in this. I, you know, I know I made a bit of a joke about it. I just. I think as someone that, that has, you know, watched a lot of Leeds in the championship and, and obviously, you know, unpopular opinion, I think, among, among Premier League um, fans, but I quite like Leeds and quite like watching them um, because of how they play and, and, and how expansive they are and the chances that they create. It just feels like Bamford's holding them back. And Bielsa must know that, but it's it's everything else about, about his game that keeps him in or keeps him, keeps him in the team. I mean, a little bit, I guess, like... Um, McGoldrick and, and, and McBurney at, at Sheffield United, another team actually that massively underperform their XG consistently. Um, so, you know, sure, they must bring other things to, to the table, but as, a, as an FPL asset, I just can't see it. And, and no one's reaching for McGoldrick and McBurney. So, you know, for me, Bamford going on a, you know, a, a, a good streak at the start of the season is 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 all well and good but you know i think what is happening now is probably what i expected to i guess the flip side as you said is his price still makes him a, a you know a fairly good fancy asset and i don't expect his his ownership to really drop too much um even if he does go on a three four five game streak of not really returning well yeah i mean i have to say it's easier to to i wouldn't say like leads but dislike leads less when their fans aren't in the stadium and I don't live in Yorkshire anymore. That's uh, that's the, that, 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 that's the Man United fan that used to live in, used to live in Yorkshire coming out there. Definitely. I'll, uh, I'll leave. I'll, I'll, I'll just let that, let that fester. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let Leeds, uh, Leeds Twitter come after you uh, after the game or after the pod. Um, let's run through then some, some honorable, honorable mentions. Um, as you said, as you alluded to some big name, uh, players and, and and strikers here. DCL 61% ownership, two points. Uh, Son 58% ownership, got three points because he got that extra one, being classified as a midfielder and getting a clean sheet. Um, and Kane 43%, two points. I mean, I guess Son and Kane against Chelsea, you know, them returning isn't necessarily expected quite in the, uh, as it would be in an ordinary week. Um, and DCL, you know, he he isn't going to score every week. 
Um, I think he had an okay-ish chance, but 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 Everton weren't really at their best. Um, but Leeds also dominate the ball, and you know have looked better defensively over the last few weeks um, than they did at the start of the season when when they were shipping goals left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah I, I mean the Son and Kane blanks this week are almost the thing that you flagged up right at the start of the season when we were talking about Tottenham assets in that this was a classic Mourinho performance. And in this one game week, that the reason they're in the honourable mentions rather than getting the award themselves is because we're looking at it as a blip, right? But had you had this been their first game this season, I think you'd be saying this is exactly what I expected out of a Mourinho team and a Mourinho performance. So in some respects, I guess they're lucky that they're, that this performance is coming after them, having had plenty of good attacking returns so far this season. We'll, 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 we'll see where Mourinho goes from here. We'll have to just take that as a you know deliberate tactic away at Chelsea. Fair enough. I think you, can, you can't blame necessarily too many teams for taking that approach, perhaps. But... Um, if it's a worrying trend, I guess, if it, if it starts to continue, because we this wouldn't be, uh, it's no slight even necessarily on Son and Kane as players themselves, but if they're in a system that doesn't set them up with chances, then obviously it's going to be hard for them to to um to gather points. So, yeah, keep an eye on, but not blankety blank this week. Yeah, and I think I think even even more recently, you know, we did flag this. Um, you know, you only have to look at look at Spurs' fixtures. Um, you know, they've just had City and Chelsea. Uh, and then in the next uh, five, have Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, and Wolves. Like you know, I think I think we did expect a bit of a drop off from them. Um, you know, I think they're still doing okay considering their fixtures. Um, but but as, as you've said before, they are both fairly pricey, and it wouldn't shock me one bit if uh, after a few more blanks, they might end up in this section in this segment a little bit more. Um, Let's crack on with top differential. And there is really only one person that we can speak about this week. Uh, 3.6% of you own Riyad Mahrez uh, with you know, with a very nicely taken hat-trick at the weekend. Yeah, so it's surprising really that um, only 3.6% own Mahrez actually when I looked at it. Even though he, he has gone a bit under the radar this season, I thought maybe there might be more who might have taken a punt. So that was lucky, I suppose, for a lot of us who don't have him, that it hopefully won't cause too much damage to the rest of us. But yeah, he has to be the top differential. Obviously, a hat-trick. Um, it's um, it's a fantastic return for him this week. Um, he wins the award for top differential. It's a different question, isn't it? And part of that conversation we were having earlier about City assets as to whether you can trust it kind of long term. I mean, I, I I put this to you when we were planning this, Chris, and I think it's it's a hard one to answer. I like it as a thought experiment. If you were told before this game week that City were going to win 5-0. That's a fact. But you weren't told anything else about lineups or or anything. You had the same information you had about fitness and stuff uh, that we did before the game week. Who who would you have gone for? Would you have gone for Mahrez or would you would you have just assumed probably Sterling was going to start? Um, you know, would you have probably... I guess you'd have, a lot of people would have been tipping up De Bruyne if they'd known City were guaranteed for five goals, um, particularly as he's on penalties. Um, or maybe even Jesus or Aguero. So it's yeah, the, 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 it's so hard with the with the way Pep, as we mentioned, rotates the players. And I think it would be it would be hard to be sure about Mares's appearance um, appearances going forward. Yeah, I think I mean it's an interesting question. Um, but yeah, Mares wouldn't have been top of my list. I don't think he would have made my top three. He may have made my top three. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean. You just can't you, you you can't expect this and you can't rely on this. I think I think you know we we, we have looked into 
um, you know, a, a little bit about about him. I think he has started seven of seven of City's nine games this year. Uh, this year in the Prem, um, but again, hasn't had. You know, that's only his second game where he's got a return. Um, so you know, yeah, okay, he might be well on the face of it a, a bit a bit more um, rotation proof. But if you can be rotation proof all you want, if if you're not returning, then it doesn't really matter. And yeah, you know, seven point. Oh, sorry, eight point two two million. I mean, you know, uh, James Rodriguez was a guy a few weeks ago that we spoke about that hasn't returned very often, um, besides a few games, and 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 he's cheaper. So you know, if you can't rely on him for for returns, then um, he isn't uh, pa- perhaps a, a good option going forward. But albeit, you know, this this wasn't a pretty impressive haul uh, this weekend. Um, I guess another few players then in our honourable honourable mentions that perhaps we can't rely on for starts, but again. Um, impressed this weekend, uh, Edison Cavani. I'll let you speak about about this guy because I'm sure he's he's the man that got you up off your sofa for the first time watching Man United this season. 15 points, 1.2 percent ownership, and then we'll talk about Neto at Wolves in a second. But yeah, Andy, Edison Cavani. I mean, will he will he start? Does it matter? I guess it does uh, at, at his price point and because striker slots are, are fairly you know, like gold dust. Well, yeah, I mean, he, so, um, he is a, a great finisher. He's scored many, many goals in the Champions League and international football. He's got pedigree at the top level. There was question marks over his, like, um, I guess, athletic abilities, his his pace, his stamina, his his knees um, coming into this season. And although he hasn't played a lot from what he has shown, he, that I can't, I don't understand why there was those question marks because he's looked really fit really um hungry chasing balls down to the last minute um quick uh movement is exceptional in the box like he just looks like a top level striker when he's the movement the natural sort of movement he has both his goals are from great pieces of movement he's done um he's a focal point of the attack he gives you heading and finishing with his feet that are both good so if you can be if you think he's going to get starts he's he's got to be a good a good option he's got to be in your thinking going forward i think the question mark is going to be starts solskjaer seems to have this strange sort of trance of wanting being obsessed with wanting to make anthony martial the number nine he thinks he can be so whether he kind of sticks with that or or kind of goes with Cavani more going forward. I mean, we, we don't know the full details about his kind of injury history and why so many clubs didn't start pick him up for free. And obviously United only pick him up on, on the last day of the transfer window. So maybe there's something murky going on there that we're not quite sure about. But if, if so, so yeah, United could be holding off from starting him a bit um, if there's any kind of, yeah, underlying kind of damage to any particular body parts there. But um, I think... You know, without we we can't probably get into it too much here, um, and people will be able to find out more if they kind of Google it and stuff. But there's also kind of a uh, uh, inquiry into Cavani about some stuff he's been saying on social media as well uh, going on, and if and that could um, could lead to a ban, and which would obviously affect whether you'd want him in your team or not as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly, probably best we we stay clear of that one. Um, Pedro Neto then thirteen points, two point four, two and a half percent roughly uh, ownership at the moment. Um, I guess you know, he is a guy that started basically all of Wolves' games this year. Wolves haven't been you know, known for their known for their attacking um, attacking football this season compared to you know, years gone by. Um, you know, even even, even our postman um, uh, Raúl Jiménez you know, hasn't been all that reliable. But I guess it's his um, pretty bad uh, head injury 
um, that might pave the way for, 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 for more reliance, let's say, on Neto going forward. Yeah, well, obviously, we um, we 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 don't want to be. No one wants to be profiting off what happened to Raul Jimenez. It was absolutely awful, and you know, obviously, thoughts of the FPL Lounge podcast go to him and to Wolves. Really, I think it was you saw that it took a while for it to get him off, and I can imagine like his teammates being a bit shaken up by that. And yeah, we just hope a full, speedy recovery for him. Um, but from an FPL point of view, whether it means more starts for Neto, we'll have to see. Um, obviously, he had a, a good haul in this in this game week, and, and I, I couldn't really. I don't know a lot about him as as a player so i think it'll be interesting to see where what um what which will obviously be a you know a, a lengthy period out now for Jimenez and ha- and he's been their main sort of number nine they don't really have another they've obviously brought in this young lad from porto so whether it'll be a chance for him to step up um is it is fabio silver is that his name um yeah so I, I don't know, or whether it will mean that we'll see more of the of the likes of the Nettos and the Pedences maybe sort of um, playing through the middle. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, Fabio Silva, 5.2 million. Um, you know, I, 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 like, again, without preempting it, I feel like he might have to be a player that just naturally ends up on our radar because, you know, if he starts... If he starts and starts scoring or starts returning, then then uh, his price point, um, he's definitely going to be a striker to look at. But but yeah, I think I think Podence and, and Neto are two are two others that um, that I think we, we you know, we're, we're probably going to end up looking at. Um, it just Wolves' lack of goals has, uh, has well, I think will just continue to be um, a bit of a concern. Um, and then one final honourable mention I'll spend one sentence on. I uh, picked out Pascal Gross. He got 10 points this game week. Um, he's only owned, owned by 0.1% of, of FPL managers. I've just picked this one out just because Neil Mapai missed, uh, missed a penalty for Brighton um, and then went, went off injured. Um, if Gross starts and takes penalties, I think he could be a decent option. He isn't the uh, he isn't like the most you know, the cheapest budget def- uh, budget midfielder, um, but he does have some decent FPL pedigree from from a few years gone by. So so possibly one to look out for going forward. Um, we alluded to this earlier. Then Andy in in the show they're talking about our stats VI test, and we're going to look at, at Chelsea's defenders again. Um, I think their sort of clean sheet justifies you know going with um, you know. It's, it's, Justifies a, a defender's, you know, Chelsea defender's potential, um, but obviously in the stats of the eye test, we were looking specifically at, at Ben Chilwell and whether he was basically worth worth the money. Um, and and you picked out a nugget for, for, from the Spurs game um, to to say that perhaps it, it is definitely worth going with Reese James. Yeah, so I think I think what we were saying was at six point one million, um, really is that are the ta- attacking returns sort of worth that that level of money uh, he, he'd got one attacking return in four weeks chill I think it was or something like that we were saying on the preview show and again okay against Spurs but still at home and no attacking return for him in in this game um, what was more than that was that also the threat of the attacking return wasn't didn't seem particularly high from from Chilwell um, it was so you, you, you know Obviously, some people could argue, well, I, I brought him in because I was uh, he's, they've been getting plenty of clean sheet points. But then, you know, obviously you can bring in any Chelsea defender for those clean sheet points. And Reese James is a, is a million cheaper was, was the point we were making there. So, yeah, here you'll have got, um, well, I, I don't actually know. Actually, I assume their points all must have been the same this week, the two of them. And which I would guess would be six points each unless either of them got booked. Um so and and you've if you've if you've had that you've you've paid a million less for for Reese James. Not not only have you done that, but it kind of played out as we'd said. The stats have been showing over the over that 
previous four game weeks that Reese James actually had a better expected assist than Ben Chilwell. And that happened again in this game week. Interestingly, an, another trend did continue, though, in that Chilwell had a much better expected goals. He's, he, he's still only 0.15, but for a left back in one game, 0.15, and the fact that that's happened a few times now, um, yeah, uh, that's maybe one thing in in Chilwell's kind of uh, column that you could you could put in his favour. The fact that he has got got that, but nevertheless, with the goals and the assists combined, Reese James was still ahead. His his overall what they call expected goal involvement, which adds the expected assists and expected goals, what was higher for Reese James. So you got the clean sheet, you got better underlying stats, and he's a, and he's a million pounds less. So I think. I mean, it's only one game week. If Chilwell had outscored Rhys James this week, we'd probably be saying you need to look at it over a longer period of time, right? So we will continue to do that. And I guess the um, the proof will be in that pudding over the longer period of time. But for me, that you can only make your de- you can't make decisions hi- in hindsight, can you? You can only make them going forward. And on the evidence we've got with the kind of underlying stats and everything there, it would suggest that maybe save the million. Yeah, so 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 Chilwell actually ended up with two bonus points uh, in, in in this game, whereas Reese James didn't. So perhaps that's that's an argument for him. Kurt Zuma did did get booked. Um, so so yeah, they, 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 all three of them did have slightly different ret- returns, but <clears throat> but you know equally, I think when you know, we've seen games this year when when Reece James has flown forward and 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 he's been the the bonus point darling too. So so yeah, you know, I would definitely look at it over 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 a longer period. I think. I think for me, you know, as we set the way we set this stats versus I test up um, on the preview show was you know, me thinking, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to get Chilwell in, and I think you know I've definitely given given myself enough uh, enough justification for thinking I actually you know I'll, I'll wait a minute and 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 have a think about perhaps one of the cheaper Chelsea options. Uh, let's round off then and talk uh, about captaincy, our captaincy picks. Um, not the greatest week all round, really, for FPL assets. But I guess we'd better start uh, with, with, with one of the captaincy picks that did have a double, uh, a double-digit return, and that's uh, your boy Bruno uh, against Southampton. Um, I'm sh- pretty sure you were tearing your hair out at, at half time of, of the Man United game. But um, I mean, I didn't watch it. Was he the catalyst that turned it around? Uh, I wouldn't say the catalyst necessarily. He was his usual self. He had a he had a pretty good performance. Um, and he was in in the danger area in the right place at the right time, decent finish for his goal. So it's start, it is starting to get to the point now where I'm believing in Bruno a bit more, even if I'm not quite believing in United. Although, again, having said that, they did massively outperform Southampton on the XG. Um, and um, yeah, they, they've, they've even against West Brom, where I didn't think they performed particularly well, they did create a few big chances, which players could have done better with. And it, it was similar this week. Um, so... Yeah, that maybe um, even when United don't look great as a team or do concede goals, that the point here for Bruno as a fantasy asset is if they are creating chances and he's involved in many different ways as an assister, as a scorer and as the penalty taker, then he's looking like a really good fantasy asset. I mean, that's his fifth double-digit haul of the season so far. I mean, is he is he a must-have? I don't know. It's starting to feel like that, isn't it? I mean, everyone is, uh, you know, on FPL Twitter, at least, is now sort of basically saying he is. And uh, there's just uh, this must be the United fan in me or something. There's just something holding me. But I would like, you know, there's nothing I'd love more than to be able to, you know, get on a Man United player and and enjoy watching them from a fantasy perspective. It also it almost um, that's why I ended up bringing him in last year at one point was because I, I, I hated being slightly disappointed when he scored sometimes it's weird what fpl can do to you but um 
So it might end up being like that because it's going to be so punishing. I think it has been for my che uh, checking out my rank this week. He's he's the most player with like effective points against me. Um, you know, the the one that does, there's websites out there you can you can Google if you, if if you so desire that that help you work out which players um, cause your rank the most damage. And and uh, yeah, Bruno's the one that that does that for me. So maybe he is. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I'd have to shift shift some fair funds around to to, to find the find space for him. But but yeah, I mean he is getting to the point now. Even at ten point eight million, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about De Bruyne. Um, you know, Fernandez is is basically a million cheaper and and seems to be a much more reliable asset at the moment. Um, I think we can probably group some of these some of these other captain picks together, um, namely because two of them only got assists. Um, Jamie Vardy, we've already spoken about. Um, against Fulham, uh, registered registered an assist uh, very late on to save uh, save himself in uh, as my captain this week, um, and then Mo Salah against Brighton. I mean, Liverpool didn't have a very high xG against against Brighton. I'm not going to you know pick on them because of that, um, because you know we, we all know that, that Liverpool can can turn things around pretty quickly. But is Diego Jota just as good a captaincy prospect at the moment as Salah? I mean. I, I guess we'll always come back to Salah takes for the penalties, but but you know Jota is uh, is 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 outperforming his much more expensive um, attacking partner at the moment. Well, it's going to depend week to week who Liverpool are playing, probably. But I mean, arguably, yeah, because he um, there, there'll be people out there who possibly captain Mane this week and he didn't even start. So the argument would be. You know, maybe you'd be worried about Jota not starting, but he started, you know, all of the games recently. And yeah, he could get benched and it would just be, you know, typical that the week that you choose to get to captain him, he, he does um, he does get put on the bench. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then and then finally, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, against Leeds, uh, you know, Everton. I guess I've come back to earth a little bit. Obviously, started the season very, very well. Um, you know, DCL still looks like a, a, a decent attacking prospect. They, they, their good run of games um, will will finish after their next uh, after their next game against Burnley. Um, you know, do you think people might start moving off the DCL bandwagon? Maybe. I mean, it's going to be interesting. You did mention and and uh, whether the kind of fact that Dean was was out would would affect. Um, would affect Everton and they did look a, a bit less creative. So it's going to be interesting to see, again, another quiet week for James Rodriguez. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, what, what um, if that if that continues. If, if they continue to look a bit less creative, then there does become a, a less of a sort of prospect for, for DCL there. Someone who's coming up on my radar a little bit, which we, who we have mentioned is sort of Tammy Abraham at a similar price. Now, if you're thinking Cavani possibly as well, yeah, it it's... Um, You'd, you'd say Chelsea and Man United at the moment both look a little bit more creative. They're creating more chances than than Everton. So in that price range, um, obviously starts is an issue for those other two, but maybe they've got a better chance. So we'll have to see. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, no secret to, to listeners that that my my flatmate is is a big Everton fan, and I have to say he he put the the, the lead to defeat you know on on Angelotti. I mean, I'm not really sure what more Angelotti could do with the players he's got available, but. I'm not really sure what the shape was. There are players playing out of position, um, unfortunately, in, in terms of, you know, Alex Awobi, you know, he was good going forward against Fulham, um, looked pretty exposed against Leeds, wasn't particularly great. Um, and, and Tom Davis is, is, is no wing back. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, to see how they bounce back. Um, you know, should be okay 
against against Burnley. Um, but but yeah, it, 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 it's what they can create. Um, DCL is, is is a guy that that, that needs service, and, and if Everton's creativity is low, then DCL's output is likely to be low. Be low. And, and you know that's very similar to you know uh, another English striker that was in that game, Patrick Bamford, that we've spoken about a lot. But Leeds just do seem to create um, far more on a regular basis. Uh, let's leave it there then, Andy. Uh, we'll look forward to, to, to game week 11, um, potentially with the return of some fans in stadiums. Um, is there anything else to look out for in, in game week 11? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I think that's a, that's probably the most significant thing, isn't it? Fans coming back. I mean, whether it will particularly affect, affect, affect things from a, an FPL point of view, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, it, it, it'll be it'll be nice at least to see some fans and hopefully hear some sort of real chanting rather than like fake crowd noise for once. I suppose the other, only other thing I'd um, I'd mention, and this is definitely not a looking forward thing, but I want to try and claim at least some glory and some credit from having put um, Adamola Lookman on the on the radar a few weeks back. Um, it took him a couple of weeks and. But he has started to um, to return. He should have scored a penalty, obviously, when he penenkered it two game weeks ago. Uh, last game week, he got an assist. And in this game week, he um, he's obviously scored a goal. So, um, unfortunately, hasn't helped me because he was on my bench. Uh, so, it hasn't helped me from an FPL point of view. But hopefully, uh, can make us um, seem like we're at least get, saying some useful things on this podcast by, uh, by pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I think... You, you just never know what you're going to get with Fulham sometimes. I think when they when they concede goals early, they do tend to fall apart a little bit. But but equally, you know, they're not too bad going forward, and they they have shown that in in, the, in their last few games. I think Lookman massively helps them. Um, but they have also, you know, if they, I, know, I know that they've just climbed out of the relegation zone. But if they'd have scored their penalties this season, um, you know, things would be looking a lot better for them. Um, you know, just a little gripe that I have in general with Fulham is 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 is, is the sort of perception that, that, that they're a plucky little side when when their wage bill I'm sure is probably 13th 14th um out of all Premier League teams yeah they've got a lot a lot of money flying around um so so yeah I don't think it will be a massive miracle if they stay up in, in terms of that but um but yeah there does seem to be a bit of a narrative around them that, that they're kind of like the smallest club in the league and I just I just don't buy it um, but other than that, we best best leave it there before we get into the economics of football, which I'm sure is a, is, is a whole new podcast that we could do. And uh, I'm sure that we, there are there are other guests that we could get on that, that probably know way more about that than we do. But if they do know more about that, Andy, how could they uh, how could they get in touch with us? Well, they could let us know, and maybe we can feature them on the pod sometime by getting in touch on Twitter or Instagram at fpl underscore lounge. And yes, we'd be uh, we would be interested to hear what they've got to say. Other than that, do let us know uh, what your teams are going to be and how you got on in this game week. I think, again, Andy alluded to his, his live rank, and I'm sure he'll be disappointed to, to know that while we're recording, uh, Jack Grealish did score. Also, we've seen a, a side Ben Rama assist, so uh, he's going back straight on the radar in the, in the next preview show. Um, other than that, in the meantime, do remember to to rate and subscribe uh, and leave us a comment wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, it's, it really helps us in the old algorithm. I'm sure Andy can explain all about algorithms from when he used to teach it uh, as a maths A-level. But other than that, Andy, uh, until Friday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>